This is show 211. Today is Monday, January 30th, 2012. Welcome to Countless Screaming Argonauts. I'm T-Fat P, the Fabulous Penguin. And I'm Max. And this is Countless Screaming Argonauts, the podcast of record. I haven't said that in a while. <laughs> you know? Yeah, why is that? Well, you know, I think because we got on to other things, but we should get back to being the podcast of record. I have no quarrel with that whatsoever. <laughs> and I didn't even believe it myself uh-huh. at first. And now I do. I think we are the podcast of we record. We are. We consistently beat people to the punch on podcast information. And not only that, we're recorded. Right? So, Max... This week has been a very, very interesting week in the world of politics, and I just wanted to kind of touch on a couple of things, if that's okay with you, and I'm sure you have a few things to say yourself. And I want to get to politics in just a couple of minutes. Sure. Uh, Last week, as you know, was our prediction show, and there's a couple of addenda I'm not sure you're allowed to make changes in your in your predictions after you make. No, no. Oh, yeah, you're you're not. Uh, these are additions. <laughs> okay. One prediction that I wanted to make that I don't think that I did was that a famous celebrity will die unexpectedly. I know that's a shock and a and a and a limb for me, but I wanted to put that in there. Okay. I know last year you said that a famous animal would die. Right. <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> and that really was a limb. <laughs> but this one, this is my standard prediction. Right. And and it'll come true again this year. Of course. Uh, and the second thing that I wanted to predict was that the world will exist on December 22nd of this year. Okay. I think we skipped that whole thing. And um, I want your opinion on whether or not the world will exist December 22nd. Absolutely. I have no trouble saying that at all. I would make that prediction in a heartbeat. You're right out there on the limb with me. I'm out there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all good. right. Now. When we did our prediction look back show, when we talked to Denali, Denali said that the Tigers will be heard from, and I had forgotten that the Yankees played the Tigers right. in the in the playoffs. But there was also a thing in there about Tigers and Ohio, and he couldn't get what it was. Mm-hmm. And you figured it I out. I did. There was a zoo that was turned loose. In Ohio. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And the Ohio troopers, among other animals, had to put down a number of Bengal tigers. Right. They went hunting for them right through the neighborhoods, if I remember correctly. And yeah. Got a lot of criticism they, for that. They, the animals didn't go that far away, mm-hmm. but it was getting dark, and the police felt that a night of wild animals roaming around would make them even harder to catch up with. Right. So. Right or wrong, they uh, put them down with their police sidearms, and, uh-huh. and uh, that was a big deal, and you just don't expect, and it was like seven tigers. I looked for the number, I couldn't find it, but I remember from earlier in the year, it was like seven. And so I think Denali's got to get like major points for tigers in Ohio. Okay, well, we'll give him props next time he's on the show. So now you're ready to hit the polit- political uh, bandwagon here. I am ready. Okay, one of my favorite themes for this whole GOP election cycle has been the fact that whoever takes the lead seems to immediately do something stupid or say something stupid or have something stupid happen and uh-huh. get out of the lead again. I mean, it happened uh-huh. to it happened to um, 
um, Bachman. It happened to. Uh, oh yeah, all of them. You know, Ron Paul. It's happened to uh, Kane, and now you bleed down to two. And yes, you're right. But I would like to to say that I'm rooting for Rick Santorum. I feel that he got cheated uh-huh. because the because of the coverage and the fact that the Republicans can't count. He won the Iowa caucuses. Right when they said he didn't. And they didn't know about it for two weeks. So that momentum going into New Hampshire, which he should have gotten, which should have been all of the talk of the talking class, just was ignored. And if you're a conspiracy theorist, I know you're not, but there are plenty of them out there. There I would think that they would immediately say that that was done on purpose to get him out of the race because the religious right, you know, was scary to some people. And so they they got him out of the race by – you know, miscounting or taking the time counting so that he lost all the momentum. Yeah, which I I would totally discount right. because they everybody clearly from uh, from Donald Trump right on through everybody was ahead of Mitt Romney because they couldn't stand Mitt Romney. Right. Well, we all know that basically it's down to two, but Santorum is hanging around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, last week he uttered that popular extreme rhetoric, rhetoric from the Republican Party about separation of church and state. He was at a it was at a meeting, a town hall meeting, and right. a guy got up and started to ask him about talking about the Constitution, separation of church and state, and Santorum knocked him down immediately and mm-hmm. insisted that there is no there, that those words, the separation of church and state, do not appear in the Constitution, which is right. absolutely it, true. Right. They don't. However, there is plenty of stuff in the Constitution that says that the United States shall make shall establish no religion. Right. I think so, it's a First Amendment. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's right there. It's in writing. Come on, you know, use it. Yeah. So, uh, to me, that that was what eliminated him right away. Yeah, that's the establishment clause, by the way. Right. I did see him talking about, and and he was correct on this. He said there is no use of the word God in the Constitution, but there is a reference to bind by their maker with certain inalienable rights, right. not divine, but designed. You know what I'm trying to say. Right, but that could be yeah. that could be Buddha, that could be anybody, whoever you believe is your maker. Right, right. It It is too far away to be able to claim it as an establishment of religion. Oh, sure. So then the next thing was, I, I'm beginning to wonder if this perhaps might be the kiss of death, in that Herman Cain endorsed Newt Gingrich. And I read an article that <laughs> oh, said... Oh, ducky ducky. Right, I read an article that said that Newt Gingrich's team is not happy about that, that nobody asked him to do that, nobody requested his help, nobody was petitioning him to come out and and campaign for him, that Kane did it on his own, but that could very, very well be the kiss of death because almost immediately after that happened, Romney took the lead in the Florida polls. Well, the other, the thing is that he he showed up on stage with Herman Kane. Mm Mm-hmm. Gingrich was there. I saw it. Right. So, but I don't think I, I don't think that that was one of those planned things. Really? Yeah, that's what I that's what I understood from reading this article. I mean, Herman Cain has has become a joke. Oh, sure. And I wouldn't want him on my campaign because of it. he's a joke. And the reason he's a joke is because he went off and did the Stephen Colbert thing. Right. Not to mention his his politics and his utter inability to be prepared for questions. There was also a huge jump in the gender gap between Romney and. 
Gingrich after Herman Cain opened his mouth. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, before before that, they were not close, but Romney had a small bleed over over Gingrich in terms of women voters. After he yeah. said that, they did a poll, and Romney was then now ahead by forty seven to twenty six percent for women. Now Gingrich had a huge boost from attacking John King in one debate because mm-hmm. John King had the temerity to ask him about his ex wife's claim about a request for an open marriage. Sure. But do you think that story about the request for an open marriage had traction despite the fact that Gingrich used it effectively in the debate? Oh, of course it did, Max. If, if we've learned one thing from Fox News, is that all you have to do <laughs> is say something one time. And even if you retract it afterwards, it doesn't matter because yeah. it's out there. You've said it. So, yeah, I think that had a major effect. Here, here we are with the, the serial cheater. Mm-hmm. And the other serial cheater. Right, getting together and endorsing each <laughs> So, again, that, to me, that's one of those things that it's obvious that, that that's Gingrich shooting himself in the foot. Whether he, if he didn't want Kane's help, then he should have made it clear to him not to say anything, and he shouldn't have appeared with him. And if right. he did want his help, then he probably should have talked to him ahead of time and tried to couch the way that it would be done. He shouldn't have asked for his help. No, no. It's not. No. Although, what do you think about this? What Chris Matthews calls the dog whistle. All this not so subtly racist, hinting around the edges kind of language that Gingrich used in South Carolina. Oh, I think it's horrible, and I think it's. It, I think that he's that Chris Matthews was right on target with that. Those are all just code words. One of the things he said, and David Schuster uh, called the task on this. He kept referring to Obama as the food stamp president. Right. You know, that's one. With the yeah. implication being that all the blacks now are on food stamps. Well, the fact is, is that more white people than black people get food stamps. Right. That 30% of the people who get food stamps have a job anyway. Right. But they're working right. below the poverty level. And not more people are on food stamps during Obama's administration than were on it during other administrations. So it's a, it's a triple threat lie. Right. You know, or, or inaccuracy. A triple threat uh, evil suggestion. Right. I wanted to talk about inflammatory rhetoric, but I, I also want to talk about lies and, and misstatements. When the January, uh, the January Obama took office, there were 700,000 jobs lost. Mm -hmm. And I think the next month there were 600 more thousand. Now, to blame him for them is grossly unfair. Right. But you can put it in a statistic and say, you know, there's only been 2.2 million jobs created since Obama took office. Right. The economy was the Titanic and it was being turned around. Yes, it, it had a momentum of its own. It, economics has momentum. Sure. And to blame Obama for those job losses, at least in January and February, if not the first year, year and a half, uh, is is grossly unfair. Sure. Um, I wanted to talk more, a little bit more about other inflammatory rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Reince Priebus was on the Sunday talk show. I heard maybe. about this. I didn't see it, but I did hear about it. Well, he called him, I don't remember the captain of the sinking ship's name, and this was on uh, Bob Schieffer's Face the Nation, and he said, what did you call the president? And he, he, he clarified it, made it very, very clear what he was saying. Right, and, and said that you know Obama's uh, jumped off the sinking ship. Right, he's too busy campaigning to be running the country which of course is is ludicrous and obama's taken a, a a tactical approach since since republicans won't give him anything right and number two it's every freaking president before him has done i mean that's the argument against 
two terms, you know, term limits is, right. that, is that they spend too much time, too much campaign. percentage of the time campaigning. Right. And then you're right. Every president has done it uh, and the president is doing it. He's also doing all the things. And there are things that the, a president can do to run the country, uh, to act outside of what signing bills that Congress sends him because Congress isn't sending him any bills. Right. To say that he's abandoning ship is Ludicrous. wildly oh, yeah. inaccurate. Yeah. And this is what I want to talk about. The Republicans are saying shit that they just fucking make up. It has no evidence, no sense of reality. For instance, I heard somebody say today, president doesn't understand the American economy. Again, it's a dog whistle kind of thing because it means he's not an American. Or that he's he's a dumb black guy. Right. Either one, take your pick. Could they really be trying to sell that? <laughs> Think about what Gingrich did in South Carolina and then turned around and did in Florida. In South Carolina, he used all those code words that basically said, you know, those black guys are just stealing your money and taking your stuff, right? Right. Then he goes to Florida, and he doesn't mention any of that stuff. However, he wildly starts talking about establishing a colony on the moon. Gee, where where is NASA located? Right. When he was on what they call the Space Coast, where where Cape Canaveral is. Right. Just (laughs) one other thing that just popped into my head before. Yeah. And you were mentioning the fact that they, they just make up shit and say it. Right. You know, and I said that we got to come up with a name for that. We might have to call it the George Carlin theory. Because yeah. Carlin said, this is a quote. I, I had read this quote this week. and I thought it was really good. George Carlin said, think about how stupid the average person is. And then realize <laughs> that half of them are stupider than that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to suggest – Something I heard on MSNBC, which is the politics of other, that that they're trying to define Obama as other, uh-huh. as in other than us. Right, code words. Right, and it and it goes to uh, uh, the the Tip O'Neill theory that there's two things you you want to know about a politician: is he one of us? Right, and is he okay? Right. <laughs> And and the thing that, that the Republicans have never conceded is that Obama was one of us. Right. Oh no, that's true. I mean, there are it, plenty it, of uh, there are plenty of those people out there. Yeah. The the idea that that the Republican Party now what's going on? I I hear crackling. Oh, I don't know. That's weird. It, it's you're not like opening a pack of gum. No. I don't have a pack of gum in front of me. Nope. Okay. That's weird. Maybe my maybe something was my microphone was rubbing or something. I just no no no. I, I I hear that. Oh, okay. No, it just sounded like you were you were opening a pack of gum in front of your microphone. <laughs> no, sorry about that. And I ignored it for a while. I'm like I can't ignore that anymore. What is that sound? I'm sorry. That's okay. All right. So the politics of other is that that, that he's not one of us. And and so when Tip O'Neill said, "Is he one of us? And is he okay?" Well, they take care of half of it right right, right away, and did ever since right from the beginning. He's not one of us, right? And and the people that are making this case, the Republicans, I heard somebody say today, these are the people that were to the right of Barry Goldwater in 1964. These are the what is what is the normal Republican now? Yeah, are, are the wild-eyed crazies of 1964? Sure, 
Sure. Yeah, sure. they're just they're paranoid and they have nothing, no sense of reality. You know, to say that that Obama has failed is is just statistically wrong. Mm-hmm. In, in every way, it's wrong. He's 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 way way overly aggressive, at least adequate at the, by the by the firmest standards. He's adequate on defending the country. I think he's way over the top. Sure. He's he's gone right wing. In fact, he goes more and more right wing all the time. Yeah. And yeah. what used to be a right wing political Republican is now called a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And what used to be a right wing and what is now well, you know what I'm getting at. The the, the Republicans now are, are they're crazy. Right. They're just nuts. So it's all about other, and 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 then then that's what I would call it. But uh, if you want to say that it's that these are the George Carlin lower forty nine percent or something, uh, I'm with you on that. Right. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I got the track. That's okay. It's but, important stuff. And it's it's insane. They say stuff. Well, like the like the whole thing about him, you know, abandoning ship. <laughs> of course. You know, if you said that his ears were actually made of rabbit fur, <laughs> they would believe it. You know, there's a poor believe- there's a, But Max, I mean, we've said it before. There are people who think that the Earth is flat still. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, there are people who don't true. think we went to the moon. I mean, it's, and I think, yes, you're right. And I, I think that 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 the sane person on the other side has two choices. You can either ignore it. Because it's so fucking stupid, you can't believe it. <laughs> or you can answer it and give it some legitimacy. Which is where the George Carlin uh, quote comes in. I mean, you know, right? if if they hear it, they believe it. And if they hear it on Fox News, because that's the only news that's fair and balanced, uh, well, they're going to they're going to grab onto that forever. You know, I have a I have a great cartoon. I should probably bring it in and read it, but I'm going to try to tell you about it now. It's a Doonesbury. And it's several years old, and it says Fox News has has come out with this this phrase "fair and balanced," and we used to have that. It's it's Doonesbury and BD, I think, mm-hmm. or, or uh, no, Doonesbury and Zonker uh, talking, and and uh, he, the other one goes, "Yeah, we had that first. and then the the next one goes, and <laughs> and they do it the same way we do it with a straight face. <laughs> And the final frame is one or the other. I'm going, yeah, that's totally ours. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a great. It's true. It's a great script. Yeah. You know, and and Doonesbury, at least they they admit that that they're coming from a point of view. But this idea that Fox News is fair and balanced is absurd on its face. Of course, of course. It would if it were unfair and true. I could live with it. Yeah. But they make shit up. They do. You're right. Sorry. That's okay. I'm, well, perhaps perhaps I've gotten you so excised now, <laughs> we should move on to a different topic. Maybe another topic yeah. would be better. And I have an interesting one if you want to take a shot at this. Yeah, go ahead. You know yeah. how I love bringing up these things about, like, freedom of speech and stuff and, and trying to yeah, debate yeah. it all out. Okay. Right. So I got, a, I got an interesting one. Down because in a half hour is a perfect format right. for this. <laughs> Absolutely. Down in Australia, okay, robbing McDonald's has become, like, the national pastime. Oh yeah. Okay, and I, you know, the the uh, <laughs> they call them Mac robberies. Um, but in 
Australia, they are now testing a system that sprays people with a invisible mist of DNA that can huh. be seen under um, uh, under uh, uh, black lights. In- infrared light? Yeah, basically. Now, here's the problem with it. Whose DNA do they spray? It's, it's a chemically made DNA that can be, you know, it can huh. be identified. But here's the problem. If the store is being robbed, they have to spray everybody in the store with it. Wow. So then the police go and they, they walk around with a UV lamp and say, oh, your turn purple. You, you know, you have to come in for questioning. Oh, you turn purple. You have to come in for questioning. Yada, yada, yada. And that's how they're, they're combating this. So isn't that tantamount to like the police going into a crowd and arresting everybody because one person threw a rock? I mean, we used to do that in grade school. You know, if somebody snapped oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a teacher, everybody got in trouble unless you told who did it. Well, isn't that the, isn't that the same kind of thing? You're assumed guilty until you you know until you can prove that you're innocent. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's no you know, good. The DNA stays on you. It soaks into your clothes and to your skin. It stays on clothing for six months despite washing and stays on your skin for two weeks. Huh. <laughs> can't, can't the people who were robbed just go, that guy did it? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm sure then they probably do other things to kind of identify who it is that they, uh, you know, that they need to, uh, that they need to uh, arrest. Put a camera in the store? I would assume so, yeah. You know, then, then you have two means of proof. Yes, this guy was in the store, and yes, he's, he's purple. <laughs> yeah, and, and here's a picture of him with the gun. Right, yeah, well. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's strange. Isn't it strange? By the yeah, way, I, I, just, I, just, I hadn't read this before, but the invisible mist is composed of 60 variable chromosomes. So it's it's a it's you know it's it's not even you know human DNA. It's just a bunch of sixty chromosomes to help identify it. Non toxic, uh-huh. and they say it's absolutely non toxic, non allergenic, and totally safe. That's what they used to say about cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like an uh, irrespective of the danger of it. Right. Seems like an odd practice. Is, is that the best way you can? Well, you know, by infringing on people's rights. I mean, Max, I know that you are a McDonald's connoisseur. <laughs> I know that you are. But how would you feel if you went into a McDonald's and somebody attempted to rob the place and you got sprayed with DNA and you had to be subjected to black light investigation to prove and then you had to prove that it wasn't you that actually did the robbery? Well, that's a little different. Proving it's not me is uh, that you can't prove a negative. Right. Uh, I can. I can. I can prove I was in there. Right. Well, if, would, if would you approve? Would you approve of the police being able to check you and then bring you into the courthouse? Uh, I mean, to the police station because you're purple. No, no. I, I think there's probably a better way to do it. Uh, yeah, they they have exploding purple money mists. On bank robbers. Right. But those things only hit the actual robber. Exactly where I was going. Right. If the bank, you know, sprayed, excuse me, Mayor, do you have to? Okay. I mean, if the, you know, if the, uh, if the bank sprayed everybody who was in the bank with the purple dye so that they could figure out who did it, that, that would be different. But they're not. It's, it's very, very person specific. If you could figure out a way to spray just the criminal in the McDonald's. Yeah, it, yeah, right. well, yeah. You know, but not spraying everybody in the place. No, it just seems stupid. Yeah. 
I don't I don't know that it, I would be terribly offended if it's non-toxic, but it's just got to be a better way. Yeah, but they used to say that uranium was non-toxic. You know? Well, yes, yes. Uh, the, the, <laughs> there's a lot of things they said: asbestos, asbestos. lead paint, <laughs> right? So, yeah, no, I, your your point's well taken. It's it non-toxic just, now. <laughs> right, right. We'll wait till after the other tests. Yeah. I don't know. Um, well, I just thought, I, you know, I just wanted to bring that up. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's stupid. So, that, a, a different approach to stuff, you know? Right, right. I, yeah. So I don't know. So what do you got? You got something, uh, you got something good? Because our time is starting to become... Yeah, an issue as always. Well, I have this this story about Thomas Jefferson's Bible that I really wanted to get at. Okay, it's a little late in the show, but maybe we can uh, can work it in here. Sure. Um, Thomas Jefferson, in his presidency, while he was president, went about carving sections of eight different Bibles out. Abridging the Bible in his own way uh-huh. during it's a, during most of his two terms from 1801 to 1809, uh, and cutting out the miraculous parts. <laughs> okay, with a razor and a glue brush, Jefferson lined up English, French, Greek, and Latin editions of Scripture, and proceeded to cut up and reassemble the four Gospels into an exquisitely well-crafted multilingual chronology of Christ's life. Uh-huh. And they, they have pictures here. We'll probably see if we can't get one of these pictures into uh, uh, the webpage. Um, Jefferson thought that Christ was and, – and this is interesting because this is my philosophy uh, – a cool guy mm-hmm. with an elegant, exquisite philosophy – but apparently he didn't think he was God. Right. And Jefferson didn't think that Christ thought he was God. Sure. But he didn't want to tell anybody about it. Mm-hmm. So this thing got published like in 80 years after his death. Right. And in 1895, his great-granddaughter published it. And uh, it says – and I have to read this – Jefferson appears uh, behind his reconstruction of scripture uh, to brush aside notions of miraculous intervention and canonical faith. Mm -hmm. As the Jefferson Bible conveys, Jefferson considered Jesus' moral philosophy to be the most finely developed in history, surpassing the ethics of both the ancient Greeks and Hebrews, and he insisted that Christ's authentic doctrine was marked by a stark ascetic tone that clashed with the supernatural powers attributed to him. So isn't this one of the reasons why we have separation of church and state? I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah, and, and all of these people who quote Jefferson, I wonder if they have any idea, because I didn't know about this until just a couple of weeks ago. And, and if you told them that Jefferson like, was a Like father, Jesus, but, but didn't think he was right, God. Right. You know... What would they have to say? And yes, Jefferson said, you know, endowed by their creator in the Declaration of Independence. Right. Excuse me, Declaration of Independence. But isn't it cool to to think about Jefferson 
lining up. Of course, he he, he could read Greek and. Well, Hebrew. I was just going to say the m- most amazing thing might be that he could line them all up and read all of them equally well, right? And do what he did. Yeah, yeah, and and he made his own his own historical Bible with it was sort of like the Acts of the Apostles with the Acts of Christ and and. His philosophies, you know, the whole, I would say, turn the other cheek thing, which, of course, Jefferson being a revolutionary maybe didn't turn the other cheek. Right. But that he that he thought – he a lot of people say that Jefferson was a deist. He thought somebody started the universe, but he didn't think it was Jesus Christ. Okay. He believed in a higher power, which a lot of the founding fathers, I'm told, were, were deists. Sure, sure. But how cool that – that Jefferson created his own Bible where, you know, he lined up all of the Acts and, and all of the the Gospels, and all of the New Testament and said, right. this is what he did, and, and I know it because it's in all of these documents. Right. Well, thank God he didn't uh, make it our national uh, religion or something, right? Well, yeah, that, that's a great point. How cool was he to say, this is what I think, but I'm not going to make everybody believe it. Right. Yeah. You know, um, the whole freedom from religion thing, the First Amendment, which is where we started this conversation, big deal. It's a big deal. You know, it's the only way, the only possible way mm-hmm. that Mitt Romney could run. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yep. Well, there's probably a lot of Republicans who feel bad about that, too. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, listen, I think we're way over time. Well, we're certainly uh, at or about the uh, end of our days. Right. Yes, so, our time, our minute. Yeah, so let's uh, let's do this again. This is a lot of fun. Maybe next <laughs> week. <laughs> All right, let's try it for next week. All right. Let's see you All later. Have a good one. Good night. Yep. Bye. There's a picture opposite me of my primitive ancestry. Which stood on rocky shores and kept the beaches shipwreck free. Though I respect that a lot, I'd be fired if that were my job. After killing Jason R.